6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. As we start to get older, do you start to think more and more about ways to keep your brain healthy? Right? I mean, I think, you know, many of us go through, you know, decades of our lives just, you know, plowing through life, work, family, just getting things done. But then we get to a certain point and go, ah, maybe I'm not remembering things quite the way that I used to. Or, you know, I'm reading more and more about, you know, things that I should be doing to keep that brain really, really healthy and, and growing. So my question to you is, what are you doing to keep your brain healthy? At 780-496-0063, we've heard about supplements and we've heard about playing, you know, Sudoku games, uh, puzzles and learning a new language and about how all of those things might help. But our next guest suggests socializing. Yay! Could be the way to keeping our brains healthy as we age. Dr. Leslie Fellows is professor of neurology and neurosurgery at McGill University. She joins us this afternoon. Dr. Fellows, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. When I heard socializing, I'm like, yay, because I haven't figured out Sudoku yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that's because your brain is is actually made for socializing and not so much for Sudoku. (laughs) What is it about our brains that, that likes, loves social engagement? Well, there's a few things. I mean, first of all, humans are social animals. Uh, As we learned during the pandemic, we really need each other. Um, So a lot of the brain is dedicated to being able to successfully interact with other people, whether you're talking about producing and understanding language or reading subtle body language, uh, predicting what other people will do um, and responding in advance. Um, So those are actually pretty complicated brain functions, and we do them all the time every day. Uh, successfully a lot of our brain power goes towards social interaction so why do you believe that all of that may play a bigger role in driving brain activity than maybe doing a puzzle or learning a new language well it's not to say that those other things don't also engage your brain but social activity i think draws on more of the brain it's also very dynamic uh unpredictable and the brain that really engages the brain and it's also rewarding and important and that also really engages uh, systems in the brain that help to boost plasticity and um, kind of protect health. Dr. Fellows, so when just, you talk about plasticity and we hear that word neuroplasticity, for those of us you know, who talk for a living, what exactly does that mean? Well, it means a lot of things, um, but the fundamental idea is that the brain is not sort of set. It's not set in stone. It's changing all the time. And when we learn something or do something different or have to react in different ways, our brains have to change uh, in order to be better prepared next time. So that's basically learning is, is involves changing the brain, and that's true whether you learn a language or you just learn, uh, you know, how to avoid irritating your spouse. <laughs> oh, I don't do that. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> um, so when we take a look and kind of like widening this lens uh, at the importance of social connection when it comes to brain health, I mean, you talked about the pandemic and, and for a lot of folks realizing how important, we, we, re- we realized how important that connection is. Is that kind of part in parcel or maybe a small part of why, you know, the, 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 the scope of this is expanding a little bit more than just saying, hey, you know what, do some games, take some supplements, maybe you'll be fine when you're 80. Well, there's uh, there's a few levels at which social engagement is important. I think that that sort of interaction with other people drives our brains. That's one thing. Um, But there's also a bigger picture uh, uh, factor, which is 
social inequities, uh, isolation, stigmatization, mm-hmm. society kind of actively pushing people away, that has really negative effects on health and brain health, including increasing the risk for uh, dementia, um, for example, mm-hmm. for lots of complicated reasons. But I, I think it kind of puts the puts a, a bit of pressure on all of us to think a little bit about not only our own brain health, but the brain health of our other people around us. Absolutely. Dr. Fellows, curious to know if if you think or if there's been any study and when you talk about that social connection and uh, the impact on 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 brain health and and being able to pick up those cues and you're watching for reactions that sort of thing obviously over the past 20 whatever months that we've been involved in in this pandemic now a lot of our communication has you know been over a a video link it's not necessarily been face to face is there a difference between social engagement over a video link let's say over zoom than there is face to face with that um, with that connectivity I think that's that's a good question it's not one that has I don't think uh, strong scientific answers mm. yet I think we have our own experience that of course it's harder to, to read subtle cues on, on zoom than it is um, in person um, but uh, none, you know nonetheless surely still valuable uh, compared to uh, you know, watching TV or staring at the wall. Uh, so I think we have to take our social interaction any way we can get it and stay safe from the pandemic. So what what does work then? You know, you keep reading all of the... Do, do supplements work? Do we know if they work? Should we be eating a certain kind of diet? When do we start doing all of that sort of thing? When we start actually paying attention to brain health, when should that be? So that's also a really good question. Um, and there's reason to think that it, it starts, you know, before birth, uh, that we have that, yeah. you know, early childhood and so on is important in the long-term health of, of our brains. There's also evidence that um, good health in, in even in middle age protects against decline in, in later age. Um, that means what? Staying active, socially engaged, meaningful work, um, not smoking, treating high blood pressure, um, things that, that protect the heart's health also protect the brain's health. The brain takes a lot of blood supply mm-hmm. to run. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things make a difference. Um, supplements, not that much evidence that those are useful. A healthy diet, healthy weight, the kind of general uh, good health advice is, is good for your brain as well. I'm going to put you on the spot. You're a professor of neurology and, and neurosurgery. What, what do you do to stay brain healthy? Um, well, I don't smoke, uh, and I, uh, <laughs> you know, I try to get some exercise. I, I try to manage my stress, um, and I, I try to remember that why am I keeping my brain healthy? You know, yeah. it's to do things that matter that matter to me, uh, to my community, to my family, and to try to prioritize those things. Um, that what's the point of keeping my brain healthy if I'm not putting it to to use for things that really matter uh, to me? And that's what I try to keep in mind. Do you do any of those puzzles or Sudoku or anything like that? I'm terrible at Sudoku, but I do like a good crossword. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Final words. What should people uh, keep in mind when it comes to brain health, especially as we're getting older? Well, I think it's to remember that it's not just on you, that it's it's really our whole society that needs to think about how we can create a healthier healthier place for all of us and to include include the people around you who are maybe feeling excluded. I love it. Thanks for the conversation this afternoon. I appreciate your time.
My pleasure. Yeah, take care. Dr. Leslie Fellows joining us uh, this afternoon. And Dr. Fellows is a professor of neurology and neurosurgery at McGill University and recently did a, a presentation, uh, a lecture series on brain health and, and, and talking about what she believes um, that, that there might be a really bigger connection there between that social interaction, those social relationships and how important that is um, as we get older to brain health one of the big things is because we know that the opposite that a lack of connection can be bad for the brain are you doing any of that sort of stuff are you specifically thinking about your brain health maybe you take supplements dr fellow saying she doesn't you know there's not a whole lot of research out there that suggests that that does anything but you know we know that on a, on a number of things when it comes to to supplements but what about Maybe you're learning a different language, a second, a third, a fourth language. Maybe you, you know, you keep reading nonstop. Maybe you're playing those games. Maybe you've mastered Sudoku. Maybe you are very active in your social relationships. And maybe you, you are having lots of those conversations and staying connecting. What